You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 84, featuring special guest, director, choreographer, and teaching artist, Natalie Malotki. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Still stuck at home in quarantine? You're not alone, but you can get ahead of the game by grabbing a copy of my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors, an actor's guide to successful branding. I'm taking you step-by-step through the most important marketing strategies and branding techniques you need in order to succeed as an actor in 2020. I'm talking headshots, resumes, postcards, audition material, websites, and of course, social media. Simply go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash marketing to grab your copy today. Hi friends, it's Maggie. I hope this episode finds you safe and well and healthy. I'm still taking shelter in New Jersey for the time being with my family. When it's safe to do so, I'll go back to my apartment in New York City. But for the time being, I am still conducting interviews on the Actor Aesthetic podcast and they're all over video chat. And we are getting real in these episodes talking about real challenges, real struggles, real successes in the theater industry. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode with a dear friend of mine, Natalie Malaki. Natalie is a dream, y'all, and someone who I have looked up to for years. She's a director, choreographer, independent producer, and teaching artist based in New York City. Most recently, Natalie worked with Josh Bergas on the choreography team for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She assisted Susan Stroman on the New York City workshop of Little Dancer. Some of her regional artistic work includes productions at Paper Mill Playhouse, Music Theater of Wichita, Tex Arts, Wagon Wheel Theater, Nymph, and Fringe Festivals, and she's also served as the resident director choreographer for Nickelodeon on board Norwegian Cruise Line. She currently teaches at Broadway Dance Center, MTCA, otherwise known as Musical Theater College Auditions, and the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. On top of all of that, Natalie holds a degree from the University of Michigan. In this episode, we chat about Natalie's untraditional path in the theater industry, her dance inspirations, what creative teams are looking for in auditions, and honestly, the importance of being a good human. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Thank you, Natalie, so much for taking the time out of your day to do this with me. Where are you currently in quarantine? I am quarantined in New Jersey, actually with a good friend of mine. We lived together in Washington Heights for a while. Um, I'm with her and her husband and their two wonderful dogs and uh, 
Yeah. Where did you initially grow up and how did you get involved in theater? Great question. I, um, I'm from Michigan originally. So the mitten state, if Mm -hmm. I could see you, I'd hold up my hand and. Oh, I know that. Mm -hmm. The the mitten. I grew up just outside of Detroit, about 25 minutes outside of Detroit. Um, tiny, tiny little town. My high school, I think my graduating class was 170. And then I did theater throughout high school. I actually started dancing when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a picture of my very first costume. I was a pumpkin in, <laughs> they did, they themed the recital in, it was like 12 months of the year. So we were October. Uh-huh. I was a, a little pumpkin, uh, <laughs> dancing our, and that was one of those, you know, when the dance teacher would stand off, off stage and like do the and dance do it with you, mm-hmm. but she became the witch. So she actually was on stage with us. So it was like part of the routine. Um, (laughs) A full on production. Oh, full. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I started dancing when I was three. I, Mm -hmm. in high school, I was on the cheerleading team for a year. I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, yes. But I quit the cheerleading team. I quit varsity cheerleading after freshman year because I couldn't do the musical. No way. Yeah. So I... Uh, started doing the musical and I joined the dance team. And then I actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do for college. I had no idea. And I was caught between, do I follow my passions or do I try and do something where I'm going to actually make some money? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, I got an early decision to university of Michigan Uh and I got in as a, in their LSNA department. Um, I don't know if you even know this, maybe you do, that I I was going to be a French major with the intent to declare international business. No way. Yeah. So that was my, my goal. Um, Uh I auditioned at a bunch of schools and ended up being like Ann Arbor had my heart. Mm -hmm. And I, after visiting that campus, I just, I completely fell in love. Mm -hmm. I, so that's one of the things now when I teach I'm always a big fan of a, a campus visit if you can go there because Preach. you can't explain the feeling you have when you are walking around a campus or when you're just in that space. There's nothing that can compare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had that feeling. I went to Ann Arbor and I was like, yep, I belong here. There was just like a, it was really cool. Uh, so my freshman year, I took statistics and quantitative reasoning and psychology and eight classes, eight credits of French, hoping to like, oh yeah, I was intense. Did you grow up speaking French? No, I actually took AP French and Spanish in high school because I didn't want to take AP calculus. (laughs) (laughs) Subconsciously, I almost think that the French thing came from ballet. I understood French from taking ballet since I was young and I just got it and I just loved the language of it. Um, So yeah, so I did my whole first semester and then I was like, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) And I ended up auditing a class, uh, a styles class in the musical theater department Uh and I transferred. I kind of made my own path and I've kind of been doing it ever since. Um, I was just talking to some friends about it last night, actually, of like, my path is so backwards. You know, I truly believe it is what you make it. 
you get out of it what you put into it. Yep. And I'm 100% a fan of that. So what kind of styles class was that? Musical theater styles. Anything from, we learned the original choreography from Singing in the Rain, uh-huh. uh, West Side Story, Fosse. It was kind of exploring, exploring everything, which was really cool because I never really learned that stuff in yeah. high school. Like when I was in dance classes, um, it was more technique based and more like focused on your recital. Yep. Uh, your, your end of the year performance. It's totally so it really different. really cool to go back into like history and learn all about, you know, Jerome Robbins and all of that kind of stuff was, was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't really perform much in college. Mm-hmm. I uh, did a few shows, but I mostly was choreographing. I found it really early. Actually, I found it my sophomore high school musical yeah. was The Fantastics. And the Fantastics has one female character. Yes, it does. And as a sophomore, I was like, I'm not getting a role. Like, (laughs) not happening. And so the director of the whole program knew that I was a dancer and said, hey, can you, how about if you come and choreograph the show? So I choreographed my first show as a sophomore in high school. And it was a weird moment. I remember being like, so mad that I didn't get Louisa. (laughs) Like, Which seems so small in hindsight, but gosh, no, I know. You're a sophomore in high school and you're it's like... It's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big it deal. Um, but I think it opened up this whole other world to me of like, hmm. oh my gosh, there are other jobs. Hmm. Like, y- you can do so many things aside from performing and yeah. still be involved in the arts. I choreographed a bunch of stuff throughout college mm-hmm. and it so amazing to me that the people that I worked with in college, I'm still best still working with, with and today. Still working yep. with, and we, you know, oh, I can't do this job. Can you do this one? Or now, mm-hmm. oh, this person's now a casting director, or this person's now a producer, or this person now like is a company manager. And so the world has weird ways of connecting you with the people that you need to know. Hmm. I think. That's a good point. I mean, that's one of the massive benefits of going to school for something performing arts related, not even just musical theater, but generally anything, because you start to uh, build relationships in very formative years of your life with people that are going to be working with you and befriend you for years and years later. I mean, sounds like you're talking about us. (laughs) (laughs) Most of you do not know this, but... (laughs) Natalie so dearly choreographed my pre-screen dance videos for college auditions. And let me just tell you, (laughs) I hope I have improved as a dancer since then. (laughs) Because at that time, I mean, I did not come from the same background as you, Natalie. Like I didn't start dancing till super late and I didn't have the same technique and training, I was so full force into singing and acting that I I wish I had started earlier in dance. Gosh, that was how long ago now? I don't want to count years. Um, But I do remember you distinctly because I remember you being like, I'm a singer, I'm not a dancer. And I remember being 
so excited by you because I was like, this girl has so much potential. Mm. She is spunky. She is fun. Mm. And I think we created something really special. I think we did Strongest Boot. Yes, we did. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Because I was like, this girl has something in there. And Mm. I think what so many people don't realize is even if you're quote unquote, not a dancer, Mm -hmm. you can move and tell a story and, you know, you're going to college for four years to get education. In terms of college auditions. Yeah. um, Because I do get a lot of questions from actors who are like I was, you know, movers, strong movers who didn't have as much technique in that, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. When it came to college dance pre-screens and college dance auditions, what did you find was most successful uh, when working with those types of, of prospective students? Yeah, that's a great question. Personality. Yeah. I think, and rounding out your package is what I always call it. So Mm. thinking about, okay, I feel like I'm this type. These are the songs I'm singing. These are the monologues I'm doing. How do I complete my package? If you're not a dancer, you're not a dancer. You're not going to be doing triple pirouettes or double tours, or it's just present the skills that you have. Think about rhythm. Think about musicality. Think about showing a different side of your personality through movement. I always say, think about it like a monologue with no words. Hmm. That if you can tell a story with your body through movement, that's a good way to start. Should you throw a pirouette in there? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, you know, but show technique. <laughs> definitely show technique, but it's not based around that. It's based right. around showing your potential. So much of what we do is based in storytelling. One thousand so percent. Yes. Yeah. And I think as a choreographer and as a you know director myself, I think that, that is, you know, if that's not at the forefront <laughs> of my mind, then I feel like I'm not doing it right. Good point. When you graduated college, when did you initially move to New York City? I actually moved to Chicago first. Oh, okay. I was in Chicago for about six months. It was, you know, for other reasons of, you know, life mm-hmm. and people when there are people you want to be with and you go and you do that too. And I did that for about six months and I loved Chicago. I think yeah. it's an amazing city. Yeah. I did the American premiere of Jerry Springer, the opera there as the assistant director and it was so interesting and weird and exciting. <laughs> what theater was that at? Where's um, that? Was at the Bailiwick okay. in, uh, in Chicago. I don't know if they're around still. Maybe <laughs> we should fact check that. And then I choreographed at a small festival called Festival 56, Summerstock Theater, uh, just outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York. You know, all of my friends were moving to New York. And it was just, I think it was one of those things for me of, if not now, when? Because mm-hmm. the more settled I got in Chicago or the more settled I got back in Michigan, the less I would want to leave the safety of what I was building. My path is so backwards, and I don't know if you know this about me. My first job, because I moved to New York and freaked out. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm, mm. I, you know, I can't do it. And I, became a booking agent. A booking agent? Yes. So I booked tours across the country with a small company. Wow. My 
work study job during college um, was with a company called UMS, University Musical Society. Mm -hmm. So they are a presenting company. So about six of the venues on campus, probably more than that. So I worked for them for all four years that I was in college. So my, when I started, I was making coffee and, you know, Mm -hmm. those things that you do. Um, My senior year, since I had worked there for four years, they gave me my own project. And I produced Hubbard Street Dance Chicago um, at the University of Michigan. So like I was in charge of their contracts and their riders and dealing with their booking agent. Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned a lot about that process Mm -hmm. through my work study job. Mm -hmm. And we went to APAP, uh, which is in January usually uh, for presenters and producers and all of that. And I met so many people and that's how I learned about that industry and I moved to New York and I knew it so well. Hmm. And so I applied for a job and got an interview the next day and had a desk on Monday. Wow. And I was like, well, there's my answer. About two years in, I was like, this isn't everything I want. Mm-hmm. And I was getting, I was comfortable in the city. And I was like, I really want to do casting because I think because my, my love had always been choreography and directing and being creative. And so I thought, okay, well, if I go into casting, it's closer, it's closer. And I now understand contracts, but yeah. So I interned at Telsey and look, you're getting my full life story. I'm learning so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so excited. Okay. And I was interning at Telsey for a while and I walked in one day, I was working, I believe it was with Craig on Wicked. Uh And he said to me, uh, I think you'd be a really good fit for uh, Clear Talent Group is looking for a new assistant. You should go interview. Uh And I did. And I got the job. Wow. And so I worked at Clear Talent Group for two and a half years. So you went immediately from casting to then working in an agency. Yes. Which is why I truly think that my path is the most backwards. <laughs> and, um, I was still dancing on the side. I was yeah, still, I was going to you know, ask you, were you still dancing? Were you still choreographing? I mean, were you I was still dancing and doing like? smaller projects on the side, but uh-huh. um, uh, working, I think at the agency almost weirdly put me even closer because then it was mm. starting to be like, oh, I'm getting jobs for people that I want. Yep. And I was like, that is not good for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I was good at it. I was organized. I am personable. I am, you know, I understood it all. I understood yep. all the sides of it. Uh, but I, I didn't love it. And I okay. thought, why am I living in New York City? getting paid not very much money mm-hmm. to, you know, to get jobs for other people that I want. A friend of mine, she booked a national tour mm-hmm. and she said, I'm supposed to go choreograph a production of The Wedding Singer. She, she was like, but you have to quit your job. And it was for, I think it was like $2,000. And I said, okay. Whoa. I, I don't usually consider myself a risk taker, but I think <laughs> I am. So. I did. And I will always be grateful to uh, Scott Michaels was the director. Uh He is also the artistic director of Wagon Wheel Theater in Indiana. 
and he took a chance on me and I choreographed the wedding singer. I am still friends with a lot of the cast members yeah. and I've worked with Scott a few other times at Wagon Wheel now as a choreographer mm-hmm. and I will be ever grateful for wow. that opportunity because it kicked my butt and was like, all right, here we go. And I started teaching and I started, I, I just love the other side of the table. Yeah. And I just kind of said, you know what, if I don't ask for what I want, I'm never going to get it. Yeah. And I started asking and people said, yes. (laughs) And I think that's crazy. What? (laughs) It's one of the things now that I, you know, always tell people is if you don't ask, the answer is definitely no. Because mm-hmm. if you ask and they say no, then at least they've said no and at least you, you put yourself out there. Yep. But if you don't ask, and I, I have to remind myself that still, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, it's okay to go after what you want. Yeah. And then I did the observership program through SDC. Okay. And I worked with Susan Stroman on mm-hmm. a version of. Uh, it was called The Dancer Project. It's now called Little Dancer. It is one of the most stunning pieces of theater. I've seen clips. Oh my it's gosh. Really yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and after that, I just kind of started applying for a bunch of stuff and meeting people. And here we are. It's what you put into it. It's not even so that so much can change from one opportunity. It's that so much can change based off of one choice that you've made. 100%. Yeah. Because you could have easily gone and done that, that job and then that would have been it, you know? It's one of the things that I think I've learned that you are your own product. You have to be genuine and honest and real and other people will see that. Yeah. And if you want it bad enough and you keep working for it, something will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe, not even, maybe not exactly what you thought it was that you wanted, but something will happen. Something will. And it may not be what you dreamed it was, but it might even be better. And I think some of that comes from connection. Yeah. And knowing people and trusting people and, and being a good human. Yeah. I think I always say to actors, I would much prefer you to be a good human and to be teachable. Hmm than to be perfect because if I have to spend eight hours a day (laughs) six days a week in a room with you sometimes Mm -hmm. 12 hours a day Mm -hmm. sometimes 15 (laughs) that I I really want that person to be personable and to be to be able to have an opinion to be able to be a smart actor that literally answers my next question that I was going to ask you. So thank you. You're I mean, I'm sure you can elaborate more, but I mean, I, I think that this is such valuable information for actors to know because there's only so much knowledge that you can obtain from the other side of the, the table. But from your perspective as a director and as a choreographer, when it comes to casting, what what stands out to you at auditions? What, what do you gravitate towards? What do you want to work like? What kind of person are you looking forward to work with? Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess that was a good segue, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We did it. We're doing it. You're reading Um, my mind. (laughs) That, you know, 
I want that person who walks into the room and is totally themselves. Yeah. And I know that is easier said than done. I know that everyone <laughs> says the same thing and, you know, but I mean it. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, but I also need you to be prepared. Hmm. I need you to be prepared that if we need something different or say, thank you, we've had enough. Chances are maybe you even already got the job and we just don't want to waste your time. Yeah. Be the person who changes their mind. Mm-hmm. Be the person who comes in with your own point of view and with some strong choices and know your material so that those people behind the table go, hmm, never thought of it that way. That's actually better. Oh, that must be mind-blowing when that happens in the room. The person comes in, strong sense of self, strong choices, leaves the room, and the whole table is like, oh. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, because truly we want, we, I don't want, I don't mean it this way, but like we also <laughs> want to go home. Like we want you to yeah. make our jobs easier. Yeah. We want it to be like, okay, well that's the person. Yeah. Like we found it. Yeah. That is always a much better feeling than at the end of a day being like, oh gosh, like we have to do another call, but also be prepared to make a shift don't have such a strong perspective that if we say, oh, well, actually, can we do this? Or what else do you have in your book? That you're you're able to kind of play as well. That director is not going to give you direction if they don't care. They want to see that you're able to play, even if that doesn't end up being the way they end up going. But just to see, oh, can this person take a note? Can this person make a different choice in the moment? so I say I a lot of that comes from preparation of the material generally. So literally preparing that material back and forth so that you know it so well that you're capable of doing something like that on the fly. Yeah, I think so. But I also think depending on where you're at in the process, don't yeah. go too crazy with it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times too, you've, you're given so much material to prepare and then they ask you to do three things out of the 12. <laughs> or they give you a brand new side in the moment. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. Yes, I believe, I believe you. I think being as prepared as possible. But I always, you know, if you want to hold that paper, hold the paper. <laughs> if you... I'm not expecting, you're not getting paid to be here. You know, I'm not expecting you to be off book 100% of the time. Uh If you are, it does mean to me that I think you put in the time and the effort. Mm -hmm. But also if you are off book, then it better be right. Yeah. It's like (laughs) a fine, fine line. Mm -hmm. It totally is. Mm -hmm. But I think that also comes in, in tandem with being real. Yeah. And saying, hey, I got this last night and I'm doing my best. Yeah. And just coming in with an open mind. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying say that out loud. I'm saying like, <laughs> that's what the Walk mentality. in and say that. <laughs> like, that's what the mentality is. Is like, yeah. I'm here and I'm doing my best. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm ready to work. I have an open heart and open mind. And you can yeah. walk out the door going, you know what? I left. I left it on the floor. And if they choose it, great. And if they don't. Okay. I'm interested to know your perspective on this. How often from your side of the table does a creative team look at 
social media and websites when they're casting a show? It's, it's a good question. And I think, I think it's, I think it's important to have that mm-hmm. available from a very personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. I like to see what's in the room. Yeah. To me, theater is of, you know, an art form of connection. And I think people connect differently over a screen than they do in person. Yeah. And some people are better at one and not as good at another one. Yeah. So that's why I think it's good to have both. I think social media is important. It's not the end all be all. It's like an online business card. It doesn't need to be more than a snippet of, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Good point. It's like, it's just an extension of who you are. And that's exactly. Who are your dance inspirations? Oh, throw in the big gun. Um, <laughs> I mean, truly, I love Agnes DeMille. Mm-hmm. I love watching her work. I think mm-hmm. the idea of bringing storytelling into dance is so important. And like that classic, it's just, it's beautiful to me. It's yeah. seamless and stunning. I think in a contemporary setting, the person who I think has given me the ability to find my voice as a choreographer is Al Blackstone. I just love him as a human. And I think that I have worked with him and seen him and he makes my soul happy. And I think that it has been a big inspiration in how I teach. Mm -hmm. I also... I love Josh Burgos's style. I was hoping you would say him too, because you've worked with him so much. I mean, yeah, he um, his yeah. stuff is so fun to do, and <sighs> so I love it because it's like surprising. It, yeah, it has taught me as a choreographer, like do the ball change, do the change of direction, yeah. do the weight shift, like. Like to me, that like compact, close to the floor athleticism it's is so, so exciting. Yeah. But he also has this beautiful ballet side to him that is so also stunning. So yeah, I, I think those two gentlemen yeah. are really, you know, are inspiring to me. Hmm. I loved working with Susan Stroman too, because I think she also... I took from her to come in uber prepared, to come in over prepared, have everything mapped out, and then be prepared to throw it all on the ground (laughs) and change it. (laughs) And I, I think I learned between all of those people have kind of like taken a little bit from each one of them and developed my own style of working. Yeah. Which which I think has been really cool to see over the last yeah. few years of doing more of my own work mm-hmm. and to see my style kind of emerge and be like, oh, this came from this person and this came from that person. And yeah, that's been a really cool experience. When you're choreographing, can I ask what your process is? How do you, how you approach your work? Like what your initial first steps are? Yeah. I think the first thing I do is listen to the music over and over and over and over and over and over because mm-hmm. I want it to be part of my body. I want okay. it to be when you can't get that song out of your head. I yeah. want it to be that ingrained in me so that I know every accent, every, you know, from the inside out, I know the music because to me, the music should tell you what to do. Yeah. Like there are moments where I'm like, well, I do this on this beat because the music says to do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So to me, the music speaks. I also want to know what the story is. Because if I'm, if I'm choreographing a full-length show, what's the overarching storyline? What's the story I need to create through movement to get me from point A, B, C, D, E? Yeah. And I love then creating some kind of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do these people walk? How do they move? Because I think, you know, it's that, you know, the old adage of when you can't talk, you sing, when you can't sing, you dance. And so to me, it has to be an extension of all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't ever make sense to me when they're singing in one way and then all of a sudden the dance feels disjointed mm-hmm. that it should feel like an extension. So mm-hmm. how do you walk? How do you, know, start at a very base level? I'm a big fan of like mapping and charting. I was going to ask, do you like, do you just write everything down? Do you film stuff? Like, what do you do? What's interesting is I work a lot as an associate and I also work a lot on my own. My process for both of those are very different. When I am the creative, when I am creating, I'm like, and then I videotape (laughs) myself. And when I'm the associate, it's like everything is charted by eight count, color coded. It's very interesting. And I can do that for myself. Yeah. But I think when it's something that's coming out of me, I just know it. Yep. Whereas when I'm, you know, charged with setting someone else's stuff, Mm -hmm. it is their choreography. And I'm very respectful of that and saying, okay, this is how it is. And this is where it came from. And this is how it should be preserved. Because I think those are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's difficult to go from one to the other but I love it. And I love both jobs. I love being an associate. I love being a problem solver. I love figuring out what the next step is before that person realizes they even were missing it. (laughs) But I think I also had to learn that it's okay to have my own process. Yeah. That my process can be different than other people's Mm -hmm. and respecting that. Mm -hmm. You take from each person you've learned from and then you make it your own. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's called art for a reason. It is. It is. My last question for you, what advice would you give to young artists looking to pursue a career in theater? The only thing that comes to my mind that I want to say, work hard, show up, and be a good human. Yeah. Want to be there want to learn. You can always tell the difference between people who are just there because they feel like they should be there and people who really have a passion. Learn everything. I think that's one of the things that, you know, my twisted path (laughs) has taught me that, you know, I know what's supposed to be in a contract. I know, you know, I know how a casting director is going to run that audition. So I. I come at things from a very different perspective because I have learned about all different, you know, facets of this industry. Yep. You know, if you're going to college, take a lighting class, take a scenic design, take costumes, do, do and learn all of the things because it will make you appreciate all of the people around you doing them. And it will make you more knowledgeable. Yep. Um, be nice because you never know who's going to be in the room. You never know when 
your college coach who choreographed your play screen <laughs> is going to be sitting behind the table. Oh, I can't wait. The day <laughs> I walk in and Natalie's like, hello, Maggie. <laughs> Not far away, Maggie. <laughs> but it's true. Um, I mean, I think, I think be true to who you are and be a, the best version of it that you can be. Mm-hmm. Natalie, thank you so much. I so appreciate everything you do. Natalie also teaches lessons over Instagram Live. She has Zoom classes as well. Natalie, do you want to give more information about those? Yeah, I teach for BDC. They have a BDC online program. Um, I'm teaching on Instagram. I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. So uh, hopefully I will see you on the social media. Yeah. And also, yeah, I always post when I'm teaching or what's going on. So uh, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. And I've also been trying to reach out to everyone of like, what do you want? <laughs> what is helpful to you? Because we're all in this together and we're mm-hmm. all in this like brand new space. So if there are things that you want or need as artists, like there are those of us out there who are willing to create it and work with you to do that. So, yeah. You're such a lovely human. (laughs) I hope everyone gets a chance to meet you at some point after this quarantine because you just bring so much joy to everything you do. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. That's Mm. been a big lesson for me to learn and that people need to, people should learn is sometimes when someone says something nice about you, even if you don't agree, you say say thank you. Even if it's like digging down into your soul to be like, because gratitude is important. Yes. Gratitude is very important. And sometimes if you smile and you say thank you, it is genuine and it is real. And I appreciate you so much, Meg. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie, so much. You're welcome. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barrow signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.